you are live. So I think we are live. So if people can yeah. tell us we're live in the chat box, that'd be good. Just to let you know you're all there listening. So yeah. welcome, everybody. This is a special Patreon live stream. So it's going to be a small group as we are doing this just for Patreon subscribers. Uh, we know there's been a lot of questions coming in, and we thought we'd take this opportunity to do something just with you guys, with a small group. Uh, we were planning on doing this regularly, at least once a month. Uh, but Penny had so many things, uh, projects going on that we postponed. and But now we plan to keep doing it every month. Okay, So around this time, we'll do a live stream just for Patreon subscribers. So today, we will be doing a, a small guided imagery. Uh, Penny will explain a bit what a guided imagery is. And then we'll do the guided imagery, a little Q&A. <laughs> and then we'll have some time for just general questions, um, which I will read through the chat box. All right. So with this, I will hand it over to Penny. Okay. Welcome, everybody. I'm really glad. Um, this is kind of fun for me. So thank you for coming. Um, so we're going to do a little, I always like to do something that gives people some insight into their own consciousness. And, um, and so I was um, creating this, actually, this I was adding on to something that I had already created that I use in one of my classes. And so if you've done this, if you were, if you took one of the classes and you did this, do it again, because you're likely to get a different answer. And, um, and so this is a one, two, three, four, five part. Um, it goes fairly quickly and, um, and you need a paper and pencil. So, you know, take a minute to get that and have it handy. And then I'm going to, um, Give you instruction a direction you write down the answer okay and and then we'll go to the next one and then at the end i'll tell you what all these mean okay and why why it means that okay <laughs> um okay so hope you have your paper and your pencil do you want to explain a little bit the guided imagery before we start for people who've never done it or do you want to do uh, it at the end? no not really okay at the no end. i want cold turkey Perfect. Okay, we'll talk about it afterwards. So, um, so number one, and uh, well, let me not say just number one. <laughs> write down your favorite color. Um, so you know, just put that down on the paper, and then look at what you wrote, and ask yourself, how does that color make you feel? You know, why is that your favorite color? Write several words that describe how you feel about that color. Okay, so when I was doing this many, 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 many years ago, I had one, two, three, um, like words or phrases besides the color. So, and I'll share. Um, what my answers were when we get done as well or use them as examples. So number one, your favorite color. Look at the color you wrote down. What does that color make you feel? Uh, you know, how do you feel about that color? Couple, two, three words that describe how you feel about that color. Uh, okay. The second one, two. Write down the name of an animal. Okay, and then think about this animal. 
How do you feel about this animal? With what regard do you hold that animal? Write several words that describe how you feel and view this animal. So, and I had one, two, three, four, five, six, six descriptors. The I had the animal and six descriptors for this one. <clears throat> okay, um, hang on a second. Number three. Hold on. <laughs> uh, number three. Imagine that you are in a white room and it's all white. No windows, no doors, no openings. The floor, the ceiling, the walls are all white. It doesn't matter how you got there or how long you stay. Write down how do you feel about being in this room. Write several words that describe how you feel in this room. Okay, it's an all-white room. <clears throat> Hang on, I need to look something up. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Number four. Um, imagine that you are in a tropical jungle, and it's warm and sunny, and you're standing behind a waterfall. Okay, how do you feel about this place? Write several words that describe how you feel about being in this warm, sunny place, this jungly place behind this waterfall. Okay. And then... We come to the last one, number five. Number five, you, um, I want you to imagine you're going on a journey and you can only take two things with you. Which of the following would you choose? Select two. Would you take some maps, a pair of jeans, some snacks, to eat along the way, your backpack, your medicine, or your jewelry. So I'll repeat those. You're going on a journey. You can only take two things with you. Which of the following would you choose? Select two. Maps, a pair of jeans, <clears throat> some snacks, a backpack, your medicine, or your jewelry. So write down two. Okay. So that's the end of our little, um, five-part thing here <laughs> okay so um let's go back to number one um the write down your favorite color so the this one symbolizes how you see yourself 
how do you see and feel about yourself? So the color is, is not totally irrelevant, although colors do have symbolic meaning. But more importantly, it's how you, um, the, the extra words you wrote, describe, write several words that describe how you feel about that color. That's how you feel about yourself. So, um, you know, for, for me, I did this like 40 years ago <laughs> when I was first um, going to Macomb County Community College, uh, taking psychic development, trying to get myself in line. Um, and I wrote down blue. At that point, blue was my favorite color. <clears throat> and I wrote, it makes me feel alive, calm, content. And that is not how I felt about myself at that time at all because I was struggling with Kundalini and I couldn't tell which end was up half of the time. But it, what this did was give me an insight into myself that I didn't expect. And I became calmer and more content with the mystery that I was dealing with at that time. So... Uh, the second one, write down the name of an animal. And then think about the animal. How do you view this animal? You know, with what regard do you hold the animal? This symbolizes the way that your family and friends see you. They're the animal. <clears throat> so, for instance, when I did this, I wrote down horse. And then how I felt and how I regarded that, that horse was excited, ready to go, friendly, having friends, a means of transportation, and very intelligent. So number two is symbolizes your family and friends and how they see you. Okay? So um, if you wrote something awful, just sit with that, okay? All right, don't get excited. Just sit with it. Number three, imagine you're in a white room. It's all white, no windows, no doors, no openings at all. Floor, ceiling, walls are all white. Um, that room symbolizes death. And, and so whatever words you wrote indicate how you feel about death itself. There really is no death, but there is a process of moving to other worlds, other dimensions of existence. And that, um, you know, that's really what we're talking about here. When everything goes white, we, white used to be the symbol of death um, back in the days of the goddess cultures because the winter came, the snow fell, everything was white, everything died, and so white was the color of death. So that's where that comes from. And I only had one word, <laughs> peaceful. I was like, oh, hmm. I wouldn't have thought if you had asked me to think about it logically, um, I probably would have said something else. Probably would have said, I don't know what I think about death. So we certainly do not have much real information about people who leave here. It's coming. I mean, there's some, but it's hard to find. 
So uh, number four, imagine you're in a tropical jungle. You're, you're, it's, you're standing behind this waterfall. <clears throat> it's a warm and sunny day. This symbolizes how you feel about sex. So, you know, if you don't like it, don't freak out. You know, if you don't like being behind the waterfall, uh, don't freak out. Um, hopefully you wrote a couple of words. I wrote intrigued, curious, let's explore, and healthy. So, um, so those are those first four are insights into how you see yourself. Okay. The next one, number five, is a little bit different. So this one is a journey. You know, you're going on a journey. You can only take two things with you um, because you only have two hands, something for each hand. Um, the journey symbolizes the area of your life that will be the most challenged by the changes that are happening all around us. So as such, this was the area where you would spend a little more time preparing yourself to be resilient and maybe ready for action. So, so let me tell you what the choices mean. If you chose maps, that means you need to deal first with your uh, location. Are you in the right place? Are you where you would like to be? Are you where you want to retire to? Um, if retirement is even in your thoughts at this point in time, um, it's location. Maps equal locations. Okay, a pair of jeans equals money. Jeans have a lot of sturdy pockets in them. They are for, you know, heavy-duty carrying of stuff. So a pair of jeans, if you chose jeans, that means you really need to pay attention to your money. What's happening with your money? Is it safe? You know, how do you keep it safe? How do you get it safe if it's not? So the next one, if you took some snacks, that means you really need to deal with your health. First and foremost, health. Uh, get yourself built up a little bit. Um, get ready for maybe doing some detox, etc. Uh, if you took uh, the backpack with you, that means your relationships. So uh, backpacks and wagons symbolize marriage, especially. So, but I ex expanded it to include uh, you know your major relationships, not just your spouse or your children. They're very important, but it's not, we're not limited to family. Some people can't even talk with their family right now because everybody's fighting about who's right and who's wrong about the government, the health situation, the whatever. So backpack equals relationships. Um, your medicine, that equals your work. Wherever you go every day, what work you do, um, how hard you work, um, what, you know, if that's what you chose to take with you, then you're probably, as these changes come, uh, they're going to affect what you do for a living and how much of it you do 
And of course, that not only impacts your level of joy and satisfaction, it also impacts your money. Um, so your medicine, if you took your medicine with you, that equals your work. And then the last one was your jewelry, and that equals your perception. So if you took jewelry with you, that means that your whole perception is going to be impacted. How you see the world, how you see the government, how you see money, people, um, the medical system, the education system, the whole thing, business, uh, other countries, um, all of it. So, and that's probably the perception one is probably the most challenging. I mean, all of them are challenging, but um, when you have to change your perception, uh, your perception arises from your overall frequency signature. So when your frequency signature changes, that means your whole frequency matrix is changing. And that can cause um, not only a huge amount of stress, but um, it can trigger the some sort of disease or uh, whatever your genetic shortcomings are. Um, it can cause all kinds of havoc. So give yourself time. Give yourself space. So, okay. Hope you got a little bit out of that. <laughs> a little bit of insight into... Um, into yourself and into the situation that we're in. So, um, so let me just ask you now, um, what do you want to talk about? You know, you want to ask questions, you want to hear about something specific, um, you know, how to handle whatever is happening or how to see into whatever's happening. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff happening. I just want, let me ask a question. Have any of you um, heard the interviews of, of Philippe, um, gosh, what's his name? Argilier, Argilier, Philippe Argilier, uh, supposedly having the names and databases of the, of the 38 people who are key responsible factors in the um, in the uh, world that is trying to be pushed over on us, <laughs> they're the deep state. Um, and, and Philippe Argelier is saying, "No, no. Um, I guess somebody in the deep state tried to kidnap one of his daughters. He's got young daughters, um, and he's comes from a place of let's be good." Let's be kind. Let's make this world work. This is not working, um, etc. And he's been involved with a lot of of national people, and he's a billionaire many many times over. And he just decided that's it. I'm done. We need to clean this up. And he put out a message um, that said to the deep state, "Don't interfere." And uh, don't try to undo what we're doing. So, um, and he says it will take about three years to clean up the cabal mess. 
I'm looking at that going, oh, wow. So, you know, I wonder if any of you thought about that or heard about that, watched any of those interviews, and what you thought. So... Uh, Kimberly mentioned that she saw the interview, but she wasn't sure if he was reputable. So there was a bit of hesitation. There's so much stuff out there, right? You don't know anymore what's real and what's not real. So that's one. Wow. Okay. Um, you know, I, that whole idea of are you reputable? Um, I think Stu Peters set that in motion. And, and then the next couple interviews I saw were like, look, guys, if you didn't vet the man before you invited him on the show, why do we have to go through this again? Don't invite people on that you haven't done some vetting. So um, I think he is reputable. Um, and also there's a, I'll call it a vibe. There's this intuitive feeling of this guy is serious. Whether he'll be successful or not remains to be seen. But he's not lying. He's pretty serious about what he is um, trying to make happen here. And he's put his life on the line. Um, it, the, you know, I, I think if people haven't gotten it by this time, um, it's, it's really late in the game. It's not the governments. If you notice Trump, and uh, the media keep arguing, keep fussing, keep putting stuff out there about the elections and this was bad and that was bad and, you know, and we messed up in Afghanistan and we, it, we did this and we didn't do that and the money system is shaky and all this stuff, um, all because of the government. But we haven't had a government for 50 years and, and the willful illusion that people are hanging on to that, like we have had government, um, for me, that government began to come apart with the robes. Yeah. But it, it finished coming apart <coughs> when the woman who spilled coffee in her lap from McDonald's uh, and ended up going to court uh, when, when I saw the tort laws that were being put into place and the way that the judges all across the, the country were being selected on purpose to try to make sure that none of the corporations had to pay for their mistakes or would be held responsible. That is a dead giveaway that we don't have a government for the people, of the people, by the people, or, or e anything even close to a government. It's all corporate power. It's all corporate decisions. The fact that this guy, Philippe Argelier, comes forward and says, I know the names of 38, of the 38 businessmen, the top people in the cabal, what they've done, why they've done it, who they've done it with, how they've done it, and how to get around them, I'm interested. I'm interested because I know that they are the government. They are not, um, they're not messing around. They, are, I, I have to say, I mean, so that, 
so let me just calm down for a minute. Um, that whole thing uh, in terms of governance is a distraction tactic. Every single thing that Donald Trump puts out is designed to make us look at the government. Oh, Joe Biden did this and he's the worst person. You know, you get to the point where it's methinks the lady doth protest too much. The Shakespearean line, I think Macbeth or something like that, um, where there's too much. No, I didn't do it. I, it wasn't me. I didn't. I wasn't there. It didn't happen to me. I was over here, blah, blah, blah. Um, at what point do we stop and, and stop looking at the government, which, which has been shut down, compromised, co-opted for 50 years, and begin to look at the corporations, the big corporations. They are the ones behind the, not only the deep state, but they are the ones that are um, at the base, if I can say it, um, of all of the research into how do they control us, research into off-planet stuff. Um, you know, every so often it strikes me as, uh, really uh, this weekend it hit again i was doing some research i'm working on the revival the little booklet that um that i'm going to put out hopefully before christmas and i make good progress um that really says okay guys come on let's talk about new world let's let's think about this here's what i know is possible um and then that i th i think is I'm probably going to have to tone it down a little because I don't think people will be able to believe. What's, so let me go back to what struck me um, this weekend was this gut punch in realizing how badly... Um, here, here we are, all of us. We're mucking around down here on the ground. We're so proud of what we used to have. We're so hanging on, desperately clinging to some illusion that keeps getting pumped out by the media. It's not the mainstream media. It's the corporate media. And, and we just, we're fighting to go back in time. And it just was really discouraging was like, oh my gosh, if people had a half an idea of the kind of technology, of the kind of food, of the kind of energy, the kind of air, the kind of water that is necessary, that, that is available to the people who are in charge of all of us, you would just sit down and cry. Why isn't that available for us? Why do they keep, you know, fouling our air, poisoning our water and our food? Everything on the whole planet is poisoned. That's taking us down as much as anything. My people don't even want to come down here because it's so poisonous. And it takes some time to recover from the air and just just breathe in the air so it's really hard to 
you know, it's it's hard for me to be patient sometimes. <laughs> so it's hard, you know, the more you know, the harder it gets to, to hold all that. But um, I think it's time that we woke up to the fact that we don't have a government and it's time to reinvent that. Um, we don't have a viable food system. It's time to reinvent that. We absolutely do not have an honorable or viable medical system. It's time to redo that. We don't have an education system. We don't have honorable finance. Um, you know, the, the systems that exist out there, um, are they know every penny you have in your bank account. And if you get more money than they think you should have, some of it will disappear. So it's really important to see what is. And, and the governments are not the problem. You know, that's the, that's the charade. It's really the, um, it's really the corporations that we're going to have to deal with. And that's why all the mom and pop stores got shut down. So I went into Home Depot recently. And I don't know that there was anybody working there over 22, 23. A lot of fuzzy-haired kids, purple hair, green hair, wearing the mask, acting like kids. Acting absolutely. <laughs> I stood there in the main aisle of Home Depot and thought, is this all you can get? I think I mentioned that before, but it really is clear that, um, wow, with the big corporations are in total control. Um, they want young people who don't know any better, who'll just do what they're told. Um, and the kids were dancing around. The <laughs> One young fellow, which was kind of nice, asked me at least five times. Did you find what you needed? Did you find what you wanted? And he asked me that five times within five minutes. And as I was standing in line at the checkout counter, and I just thought, I said, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, and then he asked me again. And after about the fourth time, I thought, must be high. <laughs> um, so it, it's that, that was the kind of mood of everybody that was working in the store. I went in to check out the price of windows and doors. Um, the guy back there in the windows and door department, same thing, pink and green striped hair, uh, big mask on, uh, very, very young, absolutely lacking in any kind of knowledge about windows and doors. Uh, tried to be nice, tried to be of service, but, um, new zip about construction so anyway so i think philippe is legitimate um if he's not that'll become clear over time we don't have to have instant answers instant um, assurances we have to be able to keep our wits about us so okay
There's a few questions from Kimberly and I think Mark, who asked about technology, uh, what's going to be coming out in the next few months, and what is it they should focus on now to start getting involved with? Uh, in terms of technology? Yes. Oh, wow. Um, okay, so I'm not sure that any technology is coming out within the next few months. I, I will say that I'm in communication with somebody who is in charge of the med beds. I had not believed in the med beds that they were coming to us. I mean, I knew that they existed um, because of, of other stuff, because of my own you know, background. But I didn't think they were coming out for us. Now I'm looking, talking with this um, small group of people, and um, and I was kind of surprised. The goal is to have something out within the next year to two years. So there's everybody is sitting on their hands saying, well, it needs to collapse first. It needs to come down first. Nobody wants to come out with a med bed and then have that snapped up by the FDA or the CDC or indicted for practicing medicine without a license or, or, or. So everybody's frozen. They're, they're sitting in place. The technology that I know is possible is in existence. Um, is just, I think it's a quite a ways away, but it it's here, but it's not here for the common people. So, for instance, when you go um, on board a ship, um, and, and I, I might have mentioned this in one of the talks I gave, I was on board um, a, a ship, a big ship, and um, as soon as I came uh, off the elevator, uh, the walls of the interior of the ship turned this gorgeous magenta which is my favorite color right now. It's magenta. And and I had been on board before and had had, had this attitude of um, this place needs some flowers or something. You know, and a picture on the wall. It needs a little decoration. This is so plain. Well, when you stop being afraid on the ship and you get to the point where you are now quiet enough that ship begins to respond to you and so what you will experience is that doors appear where you need a door to open up and it closes when you need it to close if you're just all freaked out looking at that wall it looks like solid brushed um, looks like brushed stainless steel, um, and it's it's a combination of some materials that are not really very common here. <clears throat> but why is that possible? Why is that kind of technology possible? Why don't we have it here? You know, it, we don't because some people are selfish. That's the bottom line. But that technology exists as standard. It's standard 
among all of the advanced civilizations. And I, I started to say, you know, when, <clears throat> when I came off that elevator, looked at the wall, everything turned this gorgeous magenta. At this little table, kind of like it had fluted edges around it, um, with a little doily and a little vase of flowers appeared. And I was like, oh, wow, look at that. <laughs> Just absolutely, utterly grateful. Um, there are things that, um, you know, you, you can have rooms in your house where um, you're weightless. But we don't have that technology available to us. Um, there are, I've talked about this a little bit too. Um, there are ways to grow food where you go in the kitchen, so to speak. It's not really a kitchen. Um you go in the dining area, and um, and your uh, your food grows. Right? Instead of quote fixing supper, you're growing supper, and it's growing. It really isn't growing. It's probably not a best way to say it. Although there are some places that do grow the food um, right there. It, you you set it up in the morning by lunch. It's it's a full-blown salad. It's all prepared. Um, or by supper. You set it up at lunch and by supper you have a gorgeous salad. Um, so one of the things that I've seen, which isn't too far in the future, is the um, ability to bring together frequencies. And those frequencies, when in the correct uh, relationship, create plasmas that then create food or, or matter and it has no toxins. It has super nutrition in it. Super nutrition. So um, that's, that's coming and not just food. Um, you can make clothing that does that. I think one of the big misconceptions um, that people have about um, technology is, oh, it's we need to go back to the covered wagon days. Oh, for God's sakes, no. No, no, no. <laughs> um, it is the correct use of technology that enhances the individual, that enhances the consciousness, the strength, the energy, the health, um, the capacities, everything, the safety, uh, th those technologies are available, but not here for us, not for the ordinary guy on the street in small town USA, but they do exist here among those people who are who have taken upon themselves to say, okay, how do we evolve ourselves? What is the point of evolution of consciousness? It's so that you can get to a point where you fall in love enough with life to, to begin to nurture that life. And you are the beneficiary of that nurturing. And now you become long-lived energetic, intelligent, healthy, 
all the way for as many you know centuries as you want to do that and that is we should not be leaving here at 70 you've heard me say that um, and the technology helps to do that so one of the things um, when I was in the in the not too distant future because I was a seamstress from the time I was nine our family had to make our own clothes or we didn't have clothes and we made them out of whole flower bags. I don't know if you guys know what flower sacks are. But um, anyway, um, there's not too much that I haven't made in terms of, or can't sew, um, etc. So in the future, what I have seen is this technology where you stand in front of this gadget that bounces light off of you and makes a perfect replica of your shape and your rolls and your length and your width and your thickness <laughs> and all of those and then produces um, a suit that is yours it's specifically yours and not just in size and shape but it's yours in terms of dna and so it counters anything that would be your weakness it boosts every place where you need boosting. It corrects things that you have picked up here. Um, so many people are in really difficult shape. Um, and so it's really, really important to understand that we want intelligent technology. And there's all kinds of fear. Why do they put that fear out there? so that we will run the other way and they'll have control over all of it that's not that isn't where we want to go we want that intelligent technology um, there are places i mean why do we get on an airplane and get five miles above the earth and then take the risk that that thing is going to crash why not just go there wherever you're going in five minutes you're there less than that even um, you, you just get transported um, those technologies are all here they're just not available do we want those or no I think it's a uh, we can't have those and unless and until we finish growing up you don't give high-tech stuff to immature children and that's really where you know we have to come on come on keep growing keep growing keep going keep growing so um okay yeah did i answer kimberly's question i didn't understand what kimberly's question was no that was kimberly's question and mark oh. also similar what you are my are we most likely worthy of pursuit so you just talked a lot about um about that okay um, and then there's a few random questions, like random various topic questions. Do you want to ask a few of those or? Yeah, sure. Okay. So Perry Ann asks, will you be able to provide the companies who have signed the contract with Kim G? Example, banking, et cetera. Uh, so far, nobody has. <laughs> so there's nothing to provide. So it's a standoff. It's a standoff because Kim is saying, look, um, you know, it, it, here's here's the... Here's the rules. And they're not, you know, the what's happened is that the cabal 
has um, been trying desperately to take her out and she's hanging on. So um, it's like, okay, all right. And she has had a little help, a little protection. Um, there's, there's a lot happening. Oh my. Um, and, and they're, the cabal is trying to hang on. Well, I, you know, they're out of money. I've seen some really bad things. Um, well, maybe they're, I don't know if they're bad. I shouldn't say that. I, I've seen some things that shocked me, um, regarding Trump. Uh, I've seen some things that, that surprised me regarding, um, the way certain things come apart uh, banking one of them uh, and come together. It's, it's like there's no clear uh, path to anything. People are, oh, how do, what do I do with my money? I'm like, your guess is as good as anybody else's. Follow your own gut. That's the most important thing. There's too much chaos out there and too many contradictions and too much disinformation and some of that I can thread my way through and some of that I'm like, whoa, okay, let's just watch and see if we can figure this out. So, yeah, I'll tell you what, if there are any banks that do sign with her, I would probably, I'd be willing to bet that she'd, she'd let us know immediately and we could begin to, you know, put some money in that bank. So there have been a number of people who have started uh, small banks, small private banks. Um, they and gave up because it's so complex and it's meant to be complex. So, you know, keeps all the little guys out. Um, I know of three or four different people. One was a whole group in California, Northern California, and they worked at it. I think, you know, they just, they gave up. They said, well... This, you know, we can't get anybody to respond. There's people that are in power right now that are in control that are not good. So, okay. Um, so I see a question here from Sandy. There's talk about something having, having, having coming this coming week, this upcoming week. <laughs> um, is there any thought as to what that event might be? Um, there's been so much um, talk. I think the I think we need to pull away from that talk and those upcoming events um, because they serve as distractors from what's really happening in the background. Um, and there's a lot happening in the background. There's still fallout um, from Afghanistan. There's still an effort to um, you know, to start a war with China and now North Korea. Um, if, if anything, my thought was the wild card was going to be North Korea. So, um, keep your, you know, <laughs> keep your eyes open, keep your mind open. Uh, and, uh, hi, Anne. <laughs> Um, would you talk about the significance of human blood types and the positive or negative factor? Um, it makes me think we already have multiple celestial races on this planet. Um, there's a few things that I can say. Um, the number of people, 
the number of uh, DNA types, blood types, is more than you can count. The fact that we have in our medical system, a few people fit into the RH positive category and a few are in RH negative category, um, that's, the, that's as fine as we can get our measurement, measurements or measuring equipment to discern. But there are dozens, the hybridization, every group that's been here has tried to hybridize with the groups that are already here. The hybridization programs that have been going on for 40, 50, 60, 100 years just in the U.S., by the U.S., are uncountable. The hybridization that was going on um, as a result of the Dracos, um, that started a long time ago. Um, and they, they, <laughs> they weren't very successful. Um, and and I, I think until they got in cahoots with the Greys, who are master geneticists, um, the reptilians really weren't getting very far. So, um, so I think um, it's really, it, I, I think at this point in time, I, there's the celestial races. We're all celestial. We all came from elsewhere. The population across the cosmos is mind-boggling. Hands down, it's mind-boggling. There are people that I know of that are trying to, they're not trying to, I think they might have actually made some success, some inroads. They've been communicating with the Dracos who were here. Some of those Dracos came over to the good side. The rest left. Now, the I don't know, I haven't heard anything since June on that, but um, a whole bunch of us all at the same time got the same information. The Dracos are leaving. Um, I got that, you know, in a message from my people. Somebody else I know got the same message. Um, this guy who's been communicating with the Dracos, he got the same message. Um, later on, I think it was in September, I heard that Elena Danan, is that how you say that, um, had gotten that same message. Um, there's just a whole bunch of, I think, I think the biggest issue um, is that we have these religions that have told us that we are made by God. Well, technically that's correct. If we if you know source and you know that we call that source stuff God and we are organized out of source material, yes, then we're made by God. But who's doing the organizing? Okay. So that process goes back billions of years further than you can get your mind around to other people on other planets who have evolved tremendously, tremendously, and who have um, taken an interest in us here on Earth because humans on planet Earth are incredibly resilient. They're incredibly tough. To, to, yeah, I'll just say it this way. 
we blow their minds, many ET minds, because of our ability to adapt and adjust. And that's part of the design of the human that is leading us to become part physical and part spiritual, part light, more light than we are physical. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we are celestial beings already that we don't know our true history. We're not even close. <laughs> so, um, okay. So Maureen says, can you talk about how those that are vaxxed can raise their vibration and frequency and overcome the jab? I refuse to believe that vaxxed people should sit and be sad and wait to die. Well, good. I refuse to believe that as well. There's a whole bunch of stuff that can be done. You know, the biggest thing is, um, first of all, start boosting the, the, you know, the good side of yourself. The immune system may be hobbled greatly, but that doesn't mean it's out of com commission completely. You know, do some heavy metal detox. Either do chelation or do zeolite or, um, you know, do some NAC. Um, take a lot of amino acids. They do a lot just themselves. Um, why do amino acids work? Because they have such a powerful frequency that they emit. And that frequency bounces out there and it interferes with the frequency of the metals and the other crud that's in the jab. So um, the uh, I don't think that they're trying to kill us as much as they're trying to hybridize us. Um, I'm pretty sure of that. I don't like to say that, you know, they wouldn't like that. They prefer that we think that they're, you know, trying to kill us off. Um, because that's a psychological attack. People give up, just like you said. They give up and sit and wait to die. No, 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 no. Um, the, if you knew anything about frequencies, you would know that um, what you can do with those is unlimited. So, you know, most of your frequencies are going to raise when you do breath work and try to move yourself into this place where you love. Find something to focus your love on. Find something that triggers that feeling of warm, patient, uh, gratitude, um, you know, that triggers that feeling. We all know what love is. Try to find something that when you're doing your breath work that you can focus on that initiates that in you. Um, and then hold that and give directions to your graphene oxide or your, you know, or whatever other thing you happen to have taken in to please leave to please reshape themselves so that they are no longer destructive. The shape of things is what is so destructive. So then you have to, you know, like I said, do some detox, take some supplements. Um, those things are critical, absolutely critical. And you'll get past it because the body is a master detox machine. Don't get any more shots. 
just don't get any more. If you took one, maybe you were lucky enough to get saline. You might not be so lucky the second time. So definitely get rid of, uh, uh oh, what time is it? Hang on a second. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, my devices are telling me it's time for JC pretty quick here. <laughs> um, so, um, the so get rid of parasites that's always the first thing always you can't heal with if you have parasites um that's that's first the second thing is detox from heavy metals the third thing is start building supplements amino acids minerals vitamins um exercise Exercise creates electricity, drives those chemical transactions. You need energy from electricity to do your chemistry. Um, and, yeah, that's it. Drink lots of water to help your body get rid of stuff. Um, you'll be fine. Okay? <laughs> uh, let's see. <clears throat> let's see. I've talked before that consciousness needs to be trained um, speak on how that works. Um, oh, wow. So I'll, I'll say it this way. I don't know that I would say it needs to be trained. It needs to be exercised. And, and so you exercise it <clears throat> by trying things, um, by, you know, experimenting, exploring, um, my own, uh, curiosity combined with Kundalini and the ability to see all kinds of things that other people couldn't see, I think now when I look back, it's like, oh, that wasn't really all that much for me as much as it was for me to understand what other people don't see so that I can say, do this, try this. And so that's what I do when I'm teaching my classes. I try to get people to understand the language of energy, to understand their equipment and how that works. Um, that's, you know, and then you practice. And so I get people to do all kinds of stuff that they would not normally do. And, and, and then they go, oh, I did it. Oh, my gosh. And it changes your perception of yourself and it gives you a technique for doing that later. So, you know, I often say to people, the first thing, which is a big, it's a big stumbling block for a lot of people, um, is to be able to uh, remember your dreams or to be awake and aware in your dreams. Once you can do that, you have expanded your consciousness by 50% because you spend half your life asleep or at least 30%. So if you get eight hours out of a 24-hour day, that's uh, a third. Um, so you begin to uh, pay attention to your dreams. You begin to become lucid in your dreams. Wow. What you discover when you are in a lucid state is power and how to use it. And then you begin to look at all the dreams that occur that are your consciousness creating. Creating somewhere else, creating other experiences. Because that's what consciousness does. It creates experience. And that's critical for you to live. 
So, um, so somebody says, Arbolina says, uh, can you describe how you do your breath work? Um, let's see. It's easier to demonstrate it, but this might not be the place to demonstrate it. Um, so, so sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night, roll over on my back, put my arms straight down at the side, make sure my body is as straight as I can make it. And then I start breathing in, nose and mouth, both. I don't, um, I don't, there's all kinds of directions about breathe in through this nostril, out through that one. It's like, what kind of distraction crap is that? Um, just breathe, breathe in. And I breathe in in such a way that, um, let's say like when I fractured my spine back in June, um, I was breathing in very slowly. I wasn't breathing in. I was just leaving my nose and my mouth to open just enough to allow air to come in as it wanted to. And I was focused on my spine, on the fracture. And I was seeing that breath coming in as light going directly to that fractured spine. And all of the, there was other collateral damage. There was blood in some of the tissues, some of the tendons were um, severely um, stretched um, muscles. Oh my, um, the whole thing was out of place. Um, and so, so I was envisioning this light coming in and first it's kind of goes like this. Okay. And then I, so I get a real deep breath and then I breathe in. I won't breathe in real fast. I'll breathe in real slow. Okay, that was one in-breath. I didn't suck anything in. I allowed air to come in and go where it needed to go. And when you're trying to fix something, you keep your attention focused on that area and that breath coming in as light. Okay? And so after a long breath like that, then I, I take a deep breath and fill everything up again. And then I do a long, slow one again. After, I'm going to say probably an hour to an hour and a half, breath work is a long process. But when you're not sleeping in the middle of the night, it's really good. It's really very healing. So after about an hour, hour and a half, you get into this state where you can't tell if you're breathing in or breathing out. It's all, you're just, you're just in this, you're sort of suspended in this light. And at, when you get to that stage, you can do anything with that light that you want to do. 
And so you can focus on a foot, you can focus on a kidney, you can focus on a knuckle in your hand, you can focus on the brain, you can focus on all sorts of things and heal. And you will feel that tissue move when it heals itself. This, you know, it's not an imaginary thing where you think you're healing, you hope it's working, etc. You will feel the tissue move. And you will feel the accompanying tissue around it also move in response. It's a whole system. So that's a little example of breath work. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's um, it's uh, 20 minutes to eight. You have a live stream with JC, so I thought we'd uh, okay. end it now. But I would just I would like to ask people, if you'd like to put into the chat box what you got for the guided imagery so we could have an average of where we're all at together as a group, if there's more of one oh, yeah. together. So okay. And otherwise, um, yeah, we'll try to have another live stream in a month from now. So okay. any closing words, Penny? Um, I think uh, keep your chin up. Uh, don't worry about what happens. Most of what's happening out there is theater. There are really good people that are working to build a new world, um, to come up with all the pieces that we need. And those are new, you know, forms of governance. Um, you know, I, I guess, let me say this. In just today, I got to this point where I thought, you know, I shouldn't say this, but it really looks like all the stuff that's happened um, has been really good for us because everybody was drifting along in a fog, going nowhere and um, allowing the fake government to continue doing its corruption, allowing all of the corporations to continue pulling the strings from behind the scenes and doing nasty stuff. And, you know, none of the institutions were serving us or nurturing us, not medicine, not education, not health and human services, not land sales and real estate, none of it, none of it. And, um, and we have been put on notice to pay attention. And that's the good part of everything that's happened. So just take a step back. Um, kind of detach yourself from everything and stay tuned to yourself and what's happening out there. We have to pay attention to our world. Otherwise, it's not going to be even close to what we want. So that's with that, I wish you a wonderful week. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Thank you. We'll All see right. you soon. Okay.